everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Web3 Native Podcasts. Today, we continue our multi-chain series with a prominent founder in the Polkadot and Kusama ecosystem, Sota from ASTAR. Hello, Sota. Hello, Shikai. Thank you very much for having me today. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, and thank you so much for joining us as well. And actually, this is the second time you're joining us uh, on the Web3 Native Podcast. The last time was uh, actually during the parachain option periods. So it's oh, wow. been yeah, a really long time. A lot has happened. Yeah. And of course, like right now, the multi-chain uh, paradigm is all the rage, right? Everyone is talking about like the future of uh, like multi-chain and how it will all develop. So since ASAR has also made a lot of progress, Polkadot has made a lot of progress, uh, I've, I've brought you back on here to give us this perspective that you have on how the, the entire landscape is evolving. And um, in, in a way, ASTAR is in a unique position to share more about all of these uh, trends particularly because uh, ASTAR is already like firstly in Polkadot, but also working with uh, the Ethereum ecosystem and connected to the Cosmos ecosystem as well. So shall we kick off by talking about like your understanding of the conceptual comparison or differences between how Ethereum, Polkadot, Cosmos approach this multi-chain future? Got it. So first of all, uh, thank you for joining today. And my name is Sota Watanabe, founder of Asta Network. And Asta Network is the future of smart contract platform for multi-chain. The, probably in 2021, the Solana or Avalanche is saying faster and cheaper. But for 2023, the multi-chain is coming. So that's why we are creating the future of smart contract platform for multi-chain. We have a bunch of the layer one blockchain, as you mentioned, like Ethereum, Cosmos, Polkadot, and so on. Like Ethereum is the primary smart contract platform, but uh, there are a lot of the limitations, such as Ethereum virtual machine, the scalability, um, finality, and so on, the privacy as well. And that's why Ethereum is right now really focusing on layer two solution. But uh, in the future, Ethereum is going to be 2.0. The Ethereum Foundation is not saying 2.0, but uh, there will be consensus layer and execution layer. And this architecture is very similar to Polkadot. The Polkadot has the relay chain and the parachain. The relay chain is the heart of the Polkadot, and the parachain is the own blockchain, which has own logic. So we can say we are saying that the relay chain is like layer zero, and the parachain is layer one. So Asta Network is the parachain smart contract parachain. And that's why we are saying they are one blockchain. And the reason why we are making the future of smart contract platform on Polkadot is starting from Polkadot is Polkadot does not support smart contract functionality by design. So all people who would like to deploy something taps on the top of Polkadot needed to choose at least one parachain because delay chain, the heart of the Polkadot does not support smart contract by design. And when it comes to smart contract, we have two virtual machines, like Ethereum virtual machine and WebAssembly. It is a little bit technical, so I would like to use analogy. So everyone knows Windows OS, and everyone knows Mac OS. So Windows OS is, you know, very well used in a, you know, office, workspace. I mean, in Mac OS is 
more sophisticated, but the distribution is limited compared to in Windows OS. So Windows OS is widely adapted, but the Mac OS is more sophisticated in terms of the performance. Um, EVM is like Windows OS. It will be obsoleted, but it's widely used in the industry. And WebAssembly is the next virtual machine, like Mac OS. And Windows OS, sorry, the, the WebAssembly is developed by tech giants. So having WebAssembly means unlocking Web3 for Web2 developer, because WebAssembly can support multiple languages, such as JavaScript, um, C++, or Go, and so on. So we have a two virtual machine at the same time on our layer one blockchain. So this is a very unique point in a Polkadot ecosystem. And so get, let's get back to uh, the comparison between uh, Polkadot and Cosmos. So Polkadot and Cosmos are uh, uh, interoperable project. I mean, bringing interoperability to the blockchain space by connecting a lot of the blockchain. But the huge difference between Polkadot and Cosmos is its architecture. So if you choose Cosmos, you can probably make your own layer one blockchain easily, but uh, you have to prepare for own security from scratch. So I think big projects tend to choose Cosmos because they can they can create security by their own. So they have to set up validator and they have to incentivize other people to set up validator or maybe you know a miner. I mean. So like, like Binance or Crypto.com and DYDX and others are using Cosmos SDK. But when it comes to Polkadot, if we connect our blockchain to Polkadot, uh, we can ignore security because we can import the huge security from Polkadot to Asta or Polkadot to Parachain. And Polkadot has more than, I guess, a luckily uh, luckily 10, 10 billion, 10 billion variation or something like that. So our security is going to be 10 billion from day one. So this is very huge because security is the most important component, the feature uh, we have to consider when we make layer one blockchain. And once we connect our blockchain to Polkadot, uh, we can interact with other parachains. It's like trustless bridge. And XCM is the format of the cross-chain messaging protocol. And XCMP is the messaging passing between uh, parachains. So XCM has been just supported by the Polkadot ecosystem. So we are opening the channel between other chain and the star right now. Yeah, there's a lot to digest. So allow me to yeah. summarize yeah. a little bit. Uh, I think I captured the gist of like a couple of main important considerations, right? Uh, one major one is, the first is of course security. And here's where you compare Ethereum and Polkadot, which are very similar in security because we are inheriting the security of the underlying either L1 or L0 in uh, Ethereum or Polkadot's case, right? As rollups or as parachains. Uh, whereas compared to, to Cosmos, the security is, is not inherited right now. Like you're more like sovereign, you're a standalone kind of layer one. Uh, although it, that's being evolved as well with things like uh, interchain security, where you can uh, rely more on other chains. Uh, but, but by and large, it's, these two are a slightly different categorization. Uh, but what is different is in terms of the, uh, the interoperability, right? As I understand the, the Ethereum, the rollup interoperability is still being yeah. worked on. 
whereas uh, Polkadot is more advanced, like with XCM, XCMP, as we have discussed, which we will go into more detail, whereas Cosmos seems to have done a lot more work in this case uh, with IBC. So a lot of chains are already communicating with each other in a quite a mature way, right? Uh, yeah. At the same time, uh, there's also the question of flexibility, right? I think like right now, Ethereum, people have to rely on, on the rollups to as the execution environment that, and they have to build on those rollups. Whereas with uh, Polkadot Cosmos, there is the frameworks of Substrate and uh, the Cosmos SDK. Uh, and this gives the developer a lot of choices, right? Maybe there's something we want to go into a little bit as well uh, and yep. like how it affects what kind of developers we're attracting uh, in Polkadot too. Yeah, so the, the difference between Polkadot and Cosmos is Cosmos is using Cosmos SDK and Polkadot is using Substrate, which is like WordPress for the homepage. So you can make own blockchain by using Substrate. And Substrate is really sophisticated because Substrate does not fork. So the, there will be a lot of the fork, right? Like, like, like Ethereum, if we have to implement new features. But Substrate can be upgradable without any fork. So this is really good because Substrate build on WebAssembly and written in, written in Rust language. So there is no fork for Substrate blockchain. And also Substrate is really customizable, which means there are a lot of the palette, I mean feature, and you can import feature depending on your use case. So if you'd like to make Bitcoin, you need, um, you don't need smart contract feature, right? But uh, you need account model palette. So you yeah. have to import yeah. account model. Yeah. yeah. UTXO, and you, you don't need to include smart contract. But if you would like to make like Ethereum, you have to import Ethereum virtual machine function and smart contract function and so on. Then you can customize your own blockchain. And for us, we are also customizing our blockchain. So we have Ethereum virtual machine palette and WebAssembly palette, and we, we, we created DAPS staking palette. This is like distributing, we are distributing basic income for all developer. So the customizability is the key for the substrate blockchain. Mm -hmm. And ecosystem is growing. A lot of the people are making a lot of the templates and people can enjoy using a lot of the templates based on your use case or based on what you'd like to realize. Yeah, yeah. So not only is it uh, flexible in customization, it helps with like these templates so that you can easily plug and play the different components. You don't have right. to build everything uh, from scratch or like try to like figure out which parts to fork uh, from another layer one, right? So that exactly. should help in the developer experience. Uh, of course, leading to, to then the traction between the, the developers for each ecosystem though, uh, it's very clear that Ethereum is still the leading one because people are used yeah. to, to build an EVM. Like you said, it's the most popular uh, the paradigm. Whereas like the more sophisticated one, we're still seeing some uh, growth there, like a lot of activity, but it seems to be like a small focus group. Uh, whereas for Cosmos, we do see, like for example, the, the DX, like it's the large uh, projects thinking about moving or are starting to move, like like you said, Binance.com as well. Uh, going there. So, uh, how why why do you think uh, this trend is developing, right? Like, what do you think is going through these uh, developers' considerations uh, when they think about the multi which multi-chain ecosystem or framework to to join? Yeah. Um, so, I I think in the future, if we realize Web 3.0, ideally people do not know which chain they are using. Yeah. 
ideally, but right now, a lot of the chains are isolated. So we have a lot of the silo, like Ethereum silo, Solana silo, Avalanche silo, Asta yeah. silo. Um, the reason why a lot of the people, a lot of the core developer, I mean, core use cases are uh, taking multi-chain approach or started making own blockchain is they would like to control the, you know, their ecosystem by themselves. And let's say Ethereum, Ethereum goes to 2.0 and they are a lot of the roll-up solution, but uh, it's heavily relying on Ethereum and its scalability. So as an end user perspective, it does not make sense to pay, let's say, 10 US dollar for the single transaction. Mm-hmm. Or it, 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 it extremely make harder for people to use layer two or layer one. And you have to switch MetaMask or you have to transfer the token from layer one to layer two. This, this makes, you know, really complicated for end users to use their product. So like, like DYDX, uh, some of the people are trying, you know, started making only a blockchain. And right, right now, a lot of the people are deploying uh, the same contract in a lot of the networks. It, and they are taking multi-chain approach. But uh, I think this multi-chain approach does not make sense for me because the protocol needed to be connected in the protocol level, not application level. So if you, let's say Uniswap, Uniswap is deploying a lot of the same contract on a lot of the network, EVM network. Mm. But it, you know, it makes super hard for people to manage their token. So let's say I'm Ethereum Uniswap uh, user, and I need to transfer token from Ethereum to Polygon and you know, use Uniswap. The same things can be happen in a lot of the network. So I have to switch metamask network and i don't know how many tokens i'm managing on polygon I, I don't know how many tokens i'm managing on avalanche or maybe ethereum so in the future probably a lot of the token will be available on single network and then people can enjoying swapping token or exchanging token or using ethereum token on a star to use DeFi or use avalanche token on a star use nft so I think this is going to be the future. So what we would like to make is the future of smart contract platform for multi-chain. So if you deploy smart contract on our EVM environment or WebAssembly environment, you can interact with a lot of the smart contract deployed on another network. And you can use another network's token in Astar so that you can make new sophisticated DeFi or new sophisticated NFT use case and so on. Mm, yes, Let, let's go there now, because I think this, this yeah, is the, the sure. new mindset for the developers, right? Like right now it's still like, as you said, quite inefficient. It's kind of like old thinking like, oh, there's many chains. I'm gonna, you know, deploy on all these chains. But the new paradigm is actually, like you said, you don't care about which chain because you can just use the best features or what features yeah. you want to use uh, on each chain, right? And I think ASTAR calls it the interoperable DAP concept. Yeah. Uh, and you introduced a little bit of it just now where like you can actually um, control, right? The one token just or like from different networks, just from A star. So h- how does that work, right? Because I think people are used to some of the other uh, existing systems where, for example, if I have to control a token from another network, I have to bridge the token over, 
right. right? Or I have to kind of uh, give permissions and and like maybe I'm not able to trigger the conditions on the other chain. Whereas uh, on on Polkadot and on ASTAR, things are quite different, right? On how you're able to build this interoperable DApps. So let's let's go into the details. Like, how is it possible? Uh, what what kind of technologies underpin it? Yeah, so we started from Polkadot ecosystem because Polkadot is m more like trustless bridge. So if you deploy smart contract on Asta, obviously we are in a Polkadot ecosystem and we are uh, one of the parachains. So we can interact with other parachains through XCM, which is the format in XCMP, the messaging passing between parachains. So if you deploy smart contract on Asta, let's say WebAssembly environment, and you can implement function to call token from other, other chain to a star. So people does not need to transfer, let's say, Akala token from Akala to a star. So right now, people are transferring Akala token from Akala to a star. And finally, they can use Akala token you know, in our DeFi protocol. But in the future, our DeFi protocol can call other token then people can use akala token without any frictions just one click so yeah. i think this is going to be the future so if you would like to collateralize akala token just just you know, click so that we can import akala token from akala to asta and use that akala token as a collateral so it's it's all about user experience and yeah. user experience for multi-chain future needed to be improved. You know, right now we have a two-step, two-step, the importing token and use token for DeFi. But mm -hmm. it, it will be one step. Yeah. Just click. Then in the back end, our smart contract import token and use it as a collateral. So yeah, yeah thanks to XCM and the XCMP, uh, we can realize this kind of a solution. Yes. So uh, as you mentioned today, it is still the, the first case, right? Where like, people are manually moving the uh, Akala tokens over before yeah. they use it. So uh, what, what needs to change uh, from this uh, angle? Right? I understand like firstly, the XCM is still being improved, like being built, right? The, there's a version three and later on more versions. Uh, and at the same time, uh, from the developer point of view, right? How they build the smart contracts, the, the mindset also needs to change, right? So yeah. um, is, is it like, actually possible today? Is it just, uh, you know, what the developers need to do? Yeah, uh, actually it is not possible right now because XCM is just deployed and we are improving right now. And the XCMP is not realized yet. So we are saying uh, HRMP, so which is like lighter version of the XCMP. So we are still, you know, very early stage of the XCMP. So through HRMP, what we can do is just transferring another token to from other parachain to Asta and Asta to other parachain. But uh, once XCMP is more matured, so we can we can implement this kind of solution. Like we can import a token from other chain to our chain without any friction, just one click, and then use it for the DeFi and purchase NFT and so on in yeah. the future, but not now. So even with this uh, XCMP lights right now, um, in, in many other scenarios, right, uh, in, in the other ecosystems, how the bridging works is also kind of complicated, right? Because uh, firstly, you have to trust the security 
of the other yep. chain so that you know that if they exploit it, then they bridge it back, how this is going to work, right? Or if they somehow mint or burn it and create synthetic versions, uh, there are problems associated with it. Uh, and also, there's an issue with the standards of the tokens, right? Yeah. If I bridge it uh, through a hub, through different bridges, there's different like wrapping and th therefore different token kind of names and then uh, templates. So um, in, in this case, how is it different using XCMP Lite first? Yeah, so uh, I would like to explain as easy as possible because this is super technical. Um, so if you are using like bridge, Generally speaking, you are locking your token on Ethereum smart contract and mint exactly the same amount on Asta or on other platform, right? And if you lock your token on Asta, you can issue the same amount of the token on Ethereum. So in the sense, we are issuing the new token, right? Yeah. And this token in this network is different from this, this token in this network. And this is the part of the reason why there are a lot of the hacks. So if you hack smart contract on Ethereum, you can issue a lot in another yeah, network. Infinitely, yeah. And then redeem, yeah. 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 This is the common error we constantly have in our ecosystem. And Bridge is the hacking point right now. So we see a lot of the hacking. Probably more than 10 in the in last one or two years. So this is heavily yeah, this is a heavy problem we have as an industry but the xcm and xmp i mean polkadot i would say trustless bridge is heavily different from existing bridge so in in a polkadot ecosystem we are using same format of the address and all parachain including relay chain are built on substrate so we are on the same template so if you use a color token, it's not lock and mint. We are actually importing a color token to Asta and exporting a Asta token to Akala. And the transaction will be finalized on relay chain because <clears throat> we are opening the channel between other parachains. So this is not like lock and mint. We can import token from other parachain to Asta, Asta to other parachain without minting and you know locking any token. So our token can be used in any parachains without making another token. Hmm. So th th this is the the significant advantage in a Polkadot ecosystem. But the problem right now is if we transfer our star token to Ethereum or if we transfer our star token to other layer one blockchain, we have to use lock and mint. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. that's what's being happened today, right? Because I understand A Star is actually connected to both Ethereum and Cosmos as well. Yeah. So how how is it that is is with the the lock and mint model today? Yeah, um, you know, substrate blockchain is heavily defined from the Ethereum and other layer one blockchain. Yeah, so you know, finality is different, uh, consensus may be different. So it it is very hard for general people to make trustless bridge. And I don't think there is a reliable trustless bridge at this moment when it comes to Polkadot and other network bridge. Hmm. So what we would like to make is the centralized bridge, maybe you know, at this moment. And I would like to make it decentralized step by step. 
because it is extremely hard to make trustless bridge from day one. Mm. In, in a Polkadot ecosystem, it is trustless thanks to Polkadot architecture. But when it comes to Asta and other layer one blockchain, it is trusted model right now. And we have Sera. We, we have been working with Sera and we are going to work with Chainsafe. Chainsafe announced Sigma, which is the new type of the bridge. And they have already bridged more than 600 million supported by Avalanche, Polygon, and Asta, and so on. So we are going to have, I think, two bridges, Sera and Chainsafe at Sigma. And this is very uh, opinionated mm -hmm. because if you have a lot of the bridge, this is lock and mint, right? So generally mm -hmm. speaking, bridge is lock and mint. And if you develop, if you deploy smart contract on, let's say, if you are using Sera, you have smart contract on Asta and Ethereum. And if you are using another bridge, let's say Chainsafe, you have smart contract on Ethereum and Asta. Mm -hmm. um, this is an example. And if you bridge USDT through Sera, this USDT on Asta is different from you are you another USDT bridged by Chainsafe. Yeah. <laughs> because smart contract is different. So this makes uh, a lot you know very complicated for user to use USDT in DeFi. So that's why we are working with very limited partners. And if you would like to use USDT or USDC, you can use Chainsafe Bridge to bridge the USDC and use it in our ecosystem. But if you have multiple bridges, if you, you know, bring USDT from Ethereum to Asta, but you cannot probably use that USDT for the DeFi because DeFi does not support multiple USDT smart contract. Mm. Mm. So yeah, we are always thinking of um, user experience and improving. That's why we are working with selected partners. But in the future, we would like to create trustless bridge. Yeah, yeah. How do you think that uh, will happen? Right? How, just, just like an over conceptual way, because uh, you've probably seen as well. Vitalik wrote about this, and he said that well, that is the reason. That's like exactly the reason why he does not believe there will be like truly cross-chain applications yeah. between ecosystems. He believes in more of a clusters of applications, Ethereum, the rollups, right? We do poke it out in the parachains, we can, uh, the Cosmos uh, hub and zones. Uh, that seems to be the case that's happening today. Like you said, the challenge is uh, another level when you want to bridge between other ecosystems. Are there early signs of some trustless solutions or like more trustless solutions that are, are good enough uh, that you are, you, of course, you talked about Chainsafe and, and Seller, but how do you think this is evolving as we proceed? Yeah, uh, a lot of the new use cases has been developing so far, like layer zero and chain save and so on. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think this domain is very promising, but uh, the risk is very huge. So we have to be careful about the bridging, but uh, particularly agree with Vitalik, the blockchain will be isolated and you know there are a lot of the cluster but if we have we can find a way to connect a lot of the blockchain that's gonna be really uh, innovative way innovative solution for the entire blockchain space like 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 just like deep learning for the ai mm. 
Mm, right, there will be a breakthrough, uh, but currently yeah. not yet a solved problem. So big challenge yeah. for anybody out there to try to yeah. contribute to as well, right? Yeah, and the you know when we say Web three, Web three point whatever. So Bitcoin is not like Web three. I mean, Bitcoin protocol is not Web three. Like Polkadot protocol is not Web three, right? In Asta protocol, I mean, blockchain is not Web three. So we are not calling blockchain as a web, and web is simply an interface between backend, I mean blockchain, and the user. So to realize Web 3.0, I think protocol needed to be connected and provide seamless experience for the user to realize Web 3.0. Right, right now, I think more than uh, less than 1% of the population are using Web 3 because it requires tech knowledge and it requires, um, you have to learn a lot to use Web 3 right now. But uh, user experience needed to be changed. If we can connect a lot of the blockchain, probably you know you can you can purchase Asta NFT by using Ethereum token or maybe Akala token, Avalanche token, Solana token, and so on. And the user is not going to you know think of the friction mm. to use DeFi mm. or mm. NFT. I think that's gonna be the future. And we are here to realize such kind of the future. Mm. And that's why we are saying the future of smart contract platform. Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's come back to, to this, uh, the future of uh, yeah. smart contract platform for multi-chain. And we, we kind of talked a bit about the interoperable devs and you have given some examples about uh, it being invisible uh, of like, doesn't matter which chain you're interacting with, right? Uh, and clearly we are, we are still a few steps uh, away from that. And so what else is needed uh, for us to, to get there, right? You talked a little bit about uh, XEMP and, and XEM and how it needs to be upgraded. Uh, are there other components, right? As I understand the developer mindset and the user experience also need to evolve to reach that future, right? And, and yeah. how ASTAR can help both developers and the users in this case as well. Yeah, uh, I think we have actually those three things. So first thing is the developer incentive, and second thing is WebAssembly, and third thing is more real use cases. So uh, let me explain from number one, uh, which is developer incentive. So right, right now, um, developer is the most important human resource in the blockchain space, but uh, developer is the most under-evaluated in a blockchain space, right? Because Developer is paying a lot of the cost yeah. and a lot of the infrastructure cost or gas fee to develop infrastructure or maybe you know, application. Mm -hmm. We are also an infrastructure project, so we know how expensive AWS is, <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> Azure is. Yeah. So developer is paying the cost to participate in the network, but they should be rewarded. So they are losing money by making application, by making infrastructure. They can raise by using equity or maybe token, but still the incentive design is broken here. So what we would like to do is to provide a basic income from block reward based on your contribution. And the contribution can be visualized by using number of the transaction, total value locked, I mean on-chain data. And it is transparent and public, right? So, yeah, uh, on Asta, if you develop smart contract or infrastructure, you can get basic income. 
in the sense you can earn token while making your product. Yeah. If you develop something on other network, you have to pay and you are going to lose money by making applications. So this is going to be a really huge difference between Asta and the other parachains. Yeah. Can, other, can we yeah. elaborate a little bit on that? So I think the last time we came on, we also talked about the depth staking concept. And since then, uh, the back then was conceptual, now it's real, right? We've actually yeah. paid out a lot of these ASTAR yeah. tokens to develop to support them. Uh, would, would you like to share more about like uh, the, the number of projects and how they're developing, maybe some stories about how this basic income has supported these developers? Yeah, we have done a lot of the experiments and uh, we found the problem. The problem is if we distribute constant amount of the basic income to dubs, so smaller number small small number of the dubs is better for each dubs. Because if we distribute constant amount and if the number of the project is small, mm. the revenue per dubs is really high. Mm. So we invented uh, dynamic inflations. So our inflation is going to be bigger based on number of the project on our portal. So we have a portal, portal.asta.network, and a lot of the projects are listed. And you can stake your token on dApps through portal. So you don't need to write code. You, you just click. And you can lock your token on dApps. And the, you can see how many tokens are locked, uh, how many transactions they have, and based on that, we are distributing basic income for developer, not only developer, but also staker. So that staker can earn token while, you know, while supporting other dApps. And it is live right now. And we have a uh, dApps staking version one right now. And we are going to deploy dApps staking version two in coming months, probably quarter four. And we are copying, uh, I don't say copying, like, we are implementing Apple Store for Web3. So a lot of the projects will be listed, just like Apple Store. And you can stake your token on this kind of project. It's like installing installing an application on Apple Store. So UI and UX will be really the same, really similar. But uh, we don't take 30% of the commission. <laughs> Actually, we are distributing token yeah. to develop. So we are making Apple Store for Web3 right now mm, mm. It's, it's kind of like uh, the right sharing platforms and you have incentives and you're deciding to incentivize supply side so that there's yeah. more applications more use cases uh, to bring yep. in the users later on right all right yeah uh you, you did mention the three things of a star so yeah but i would like to say the token economics oh. because the token economics is really i guess sophisticated yeah. so yeah, let's say our variation is 1 billion. So our inflation is roughly 10% per year. So we can distribute 100, per, 100 million per year. And 50%, this is this number can be changed. 50% uh, goes to developer. So 50 million goes to developer per year. And you know, the more applications are created, the more choices you can stake, right? So the application, uh, number of the application is increased the lot of the token will be staked, which means there will be less circulating supply in the market. So less circulating supply in the market, but demand is increasing because number of the dApps is increasing. So price is going to be determined by demand and supply. So theoretically speaking, uh, I, I needed to emphasize, theoretically speaking, <laughs> the price is going up, right? 
So if price is going up and the variation becomes 2 billion, we can distribute 200 million. So we can incentivize developer by using 100 million. Then a lot of the project comes in, a lot of the dApps are developed, a lot of the token will be locked, circulating supply is getting lower and lower. Hmm. But the utility is getting bigger and bigger. So theoretically speaking, again, <laughs> price is going up. So this is very important token economics for us. And the second point is WebAssembly. Oh, so WebAssembly. sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> given, <laughs> given we are talking about that, uh, maybe elaborate a little bit. So the developers that get it, um, do you see them selling it um, and therefore maybe driving it down as well? Because if they get basic income in, in native token, right? Do they, do yeah. they restake it? Do they use it in, in DeFi, right? Or, yeah. Because if, if they're just selling, then that will kind of negate the uh, effects potentially. Yeah, uh, they can sell the token, but if they sell the token, this is also on-chain data and it is visualized, right? So the people tend to support digit project for the ecosystem. So I think it is not easy for the DAPS project to sell token. Or probably uh, some of the project is actually using that kind of the Asta token they earned through DAPS staking. And they're using that token for purchasing their own token. Mm, like a buyback. This is yeah, this is constant buyback power, and which is good because that token, you know, price can be goes up. And this is good for the entire ecosystem. Mm. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yes, <laughs> let's, let's go to the WebAssembly. Yeah. Yes. Uh yeah, WebAssembly is the uh, also known as WASM. And WebAssembly is developed by big tech giants, including Google, Apple, Microsoft, Mozilla, and so on. And WebAssembly is the more sophisticated virtual machine than Ethereum virtual machine. So Ethereum virtual machine is excellent. But uh, WebAssembly is awesome. <laughs> um, uh, according to Gavin, the founder of the Ethereum and the founder of the Polkadot. Uh, WebAssembly is the future of the smart contract, but the Ethereum virtual machine is really important right now, given that a lot of the people has already used Ethereum virtual machine and there are a lot of the tourings around the Ethereum virtual machine. Mm. But the Ethereum virtual machine is very opinionated because Ethereum virtual machine comes from Bitcoin, OP code. So smart contract, Bitcoin does not support smart contract, obviously. Mm. And Ethereum virtual machine comes from OP code. So the feature is pretty limited. For example, like for loop. So if you would like to implement for loop on EVM, you have to implement a lot. But if you would like to do it on WebAssembly, you can reduce a lot of the codes and the code coding side can be smaller. And yeah. Uh, in, solid, in terms of the solidity and viper, uh, last solidity and viper are commonly used in an EVM environment. But uh, in a WebAssembly environment, especially Polkadot, people are writing codes by using Last. Last is more strict and Last is more secure, I would say. So a lot of the smart contract between Last is more secure than solidity because <clears throat> the when when we compile our last smart contract to bytecode, we can the compilers can you know show us a lot of the error. 
which may potentially affect the smart contract. Mm. But uh, when it comes to solidity, um, it's you know it's not secure enough yet. So there are a lot of the toolings, which is the good things, but uh, there are a lot of the limitation over there. But the problem is the last ecosystem in a Polkadot. In, in Polkadot is that we don't have enough toolings. Mm. Right? We don't have open. Yeah, we have an open Zeppelin, open Zep, open Zeppelin for Polkadot, and we don't have Truffle. Like we don't have Ganache. And so on. So this is what we are building. And our project name is Swanky. So this is all in one web assembly toolings. So it's like Truffle and Ganache for mm. web assembly developments. So we are making it and we are going to deliver Swanky project in coming months. All right. Improving the developer experience greatly. Uh, and I think one point to emphasize as well, you, you did um, elaborate in some of the documents around like why WebAssembly is important or more suitable uh, for the cross-chain or multi-chain uh, or interoperable dApps, right? Uh, shall we talk yeah. more about that? Uh, yeah, so when it comes to Polkadot, so WebAssembly is the original virtual machine, which Polkadot support. But the parity technologies realized that, I mean, creator of the Polkadot realized that WebAssembly smart contract is too big to be deployed. So originally speaking, WebAssembly is the default budget machine Polkadot choose. So that's why we started making WebAssembly smart contract parachain. But uh, as I said, the WebAssembly smart contract is too big to deploy, to be deployed. So EVM is only one option right now. And that's why, you know, Moonbeam, Astar, and other parachains are supporting EVM. And there, we can see a lot of the EVM solution here. But when it comes to EVM, mainly this is just a fork, fork project of the Ethereum. So a lot of the projects copy the, the ARB or CARB or maybe Uniswap and then deploy the code on Moonbeam mm. or Astar. So this is not innovative enough, and we are going to have WebAssembly, and people can make Polkadot, uh, you know, Polkadot-oriented use case. And when it comes to like Ethereum and Uniswap, or maybe Curve and Arb, they do not consider interoperability, right? Because they they would like to do it everything in an Ethereum ecosystem, in we can see some copy and paste project and they are forking codes, let's say on Uniswap and deploy exactly the same code on Moonbeam or maybe Asta. And in this case, this kind of the code does not consider the interoperability from day one, but Polkadot has interoperability solution. So for, for us, we would like to make more interoperable oriented uh, use cases on WebAssembly and on EVM. And Ethereum virtual machine is when, when it comes to Ethereum virtual machine, the we are making a, a you know virtual layer of the EVM on the top of WebAssembly. Hmm. So it's it's like uh, I forgot the name, but uh, uh, just a moment. What is the name? Yeah, virtual box. So virtual box is the environment 
created, let's say, if you use BudgetBox, you can use Windows OS on the top of Mac. So what you're doing right now is creating Windows OS environment on the top of Mac. Yeah, right. I see. Yeah, it's yeah. in a way it's kind of it reminds me of how the the zero knowledge uh, rollups are trying to then like uh, fit some of the circuits in uh, EVM and translate that right. to uh, the zero knowledge way, and then so that they can uh, uh, do the the validation. And in a way, it's it's not meant to be that way uh, in the original form. Uh, but they've yeah. made, managed to make it work, right? So in this case yeah. as well, uh, it was not yeah. meant to be EVM, but but we somehow managed to translate it. Yeah, 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 right. So what we are doing right now in a Polkadot ecosystem is creating an Ethereum virtual machine environment on the top of WebAssembly. Yeah. So the cross-chain messaging passing is a little bit difficult to use on Ethereum virtual machine. So for, for us, we have WebAssembly ori original use cases, and we can use uh, all feature of the Polkadot without any frictions in the future. Moonbeam is developing something, the, the adapter between EVM and the other parachain, mm. XM, so which is good. But uh, we think that WebAssembly is more suitable. Got it, got it. Yeah, uh, and at the same time for developers, there there is, like you said, not just forking, but also a mindset of like, how can I use these interoperable features, right? Uh, and it requires kind of designing it from from day one. How do you think about this uh, being interoperable? Uh, part of it is also like if I need to trigger some other or wait for some other uh, chain to come back with uh, some execution or some assets, there there needs to be the idea of like uh, asynchronous uh, execution, right? So that yeah. that has come up with multiple times when we think about a multi-chain or cross-chain app. Uh, so what what does it actually mean for for developers, right? What does this asynchronous mindset uh, include? Um, <laughs> that is a tough question because right now we only have uh, EVM solution and our developer is not considering the multi-chain interoperability from day one. But when it comes to WebAssembly, I think the future is going to be different. And we, we are developing the, the use cases. We are developing infrastructure by considering how we can you know, utilize XM and XMP. So I'm still on the way. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, we're all I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to figure out. <laughs> okay, okay. By, yeah, by a lot of the experiment. Got it. And, and therefore, we need more experience, right? More people yeah, to yeah. try out like how we can uh, have these type of use cases. Uh, and let's go to the, the last bit you did mention, the third point just now. Oh, sorry, what's that? Uh, was it uh, the, the user experience part like and how we can make it oh, uh, yeah. seamless? Yeah, sorry, the last part. Sorry, <laughs> I talked a lot. So <laughs> the last one is the more real use cases, especially the bear market. Like DeFi is really hard to attract the user mm. because people are withdrawing the asset from DeFi to exchange or DeFi to own wallet, right? So what we have to do right now is to make more real use case. So probably one of the advantage we have is the Japanese market because I'm a Japanese founder and Asta is well recognized. Probably well recognized more than Polkadot itself even though we are in under the Polkadot umbrella. So we needed to create a real enterprise level use case together with the big companies. So recently we collaborated with the, one of the big uh, advertisement company and 
we, we collaborated with Calbee through that advertisement agency. So Calbee is well known in Asia and well known in Japan, especially. They are oh, yeah. making I love potato, it too. <laughs> potato, right? <laughs> so they are making potato chips, which is very tasty, by the way. Um, and Asta Farm is the application on the top of Asta. And you can stake Asta token on Asta Farm and you can create, you can make carrot or you can make potato or you can make you know, rice or something like that. And if you create potato, your potato can be exchanged with real potato chips. Nice. <laughs> In, it's a, just a you know, small experiment, but it was very huge. In Japan, because all people know potato chips made by Kalbi, and yeah. they can enjoy potato chips by staking Asta token. <laughs> and if you get a potato, you can get NFT, right? So from the Kalbi's perspective, they can understand who is the loyal customer mm. or not by seeing NFT. So the problem right now for them is. They cannot identify loyal customers. Let's say I'm eating potato chips. Just an example, I'm not eating potato chips every day. But if I'm eating a potato chips every day, and if Shikai is eating potato chips once in a month, I'm more loyal customer, right? Yeah. The, if we purchase at convenience store, you know, there is no difference. Yeah. And it is extremely hard for Kalbi to identify who is the loyal customer. Yeah. But by distributing NFT token to people, people has NFT on chain. So they can identify which address is loyal and which address is not. So this is new kind of the marketing stuff. And yeah, uh, we just announced the Kalbi collaboration probably two or three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And there was more than 8,000 retweets or 20,000 likes mm -hmm. and so on Twitter. So... Yeah, it was very good. So we are going to collaborate with tech giants and big company to realize new Web3 use cases. And the great things is we prove that mm. we can make use case with potato. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why not carrot? So why not rice? Why not fish? Mm. And why not house? Or why not metaverse? Mm. So we can do a lot from here because we prove that we can do it with potato mm, yeah yeah absolutely i just this is exactly i've been t telling a lot of founders about the digital economy and how like nfts need to be the backbone of like all of the assets and interactions uh, and that's how we can bring like real users and use cases and then drive like actual adoption for web3 right? right now it's still very speculative uh, and so like these kind of like everyday use cases that like, they are just fun and just little things and yeah. they, they help like just bring user a little bit closer to make people realize, oh, it's not just, you know, all like uh, you're investing and you're trying to see token price go up and down. Yeah, I'm just taking and trying to get my potato chips or, or whatever it is. And that's happy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So and especially I think uh, with different um, geographical um, communities and cultures, right? Like it's, it's, it's kind of a... In a way, it's, it's the social trust that needs to be slowly built uh, yeah. with these like use cases one by one, and they see their friends using it, right? They see the uh, the, co the companies that they recognize like engaging with Web three, and it slowly builds up the trust again. 
Yeah, exactly. So building trust is really necessary, even though blockchain is trustless or even trust-free. But uh, people choose blockchain because of the trust. And people choose which project to work with because they have trust. So trust is everywhere, even though blockchain is trust-free or trustless. Absolutely. We are, going, yeah, we are going to increase these kind of the use cases together with the enterprises. And we are going to probably announce uh, we are going to collaborate with very famous artists and going to issue, I think, promising NFT on the top of our star in coming one or two months. Nice. So uh, people better start following <laughs> ASTAR <laughs> to, to keep track of like the, all these uh, programs, campaigns, right, and opportunities. Uh, I think it's it's about time to to wrap up then, uh, and yep. that's a good segue uh, given like these like use cases. Like, and would you like to? give a shout out to uh, either developers or users or like any anybody in Web3, what would you like to say? Oh yeah, um, so we are another bear market and the bear market can be longer than we expected because of the macro condition and war. But uh, I believe the power of the Web3 and we, next year is going to be the year of the multi-chain. So what we have to do is just prepare for the next big wave. And once market comes back, it is going to be you know, our biggest challenge. And yeah, uh, so we are super excited to see the future and create the future together with the ecosystem. And the, the, in terms of the Web3 project, the value comes from the, the community and the value comes from individual. So we would like to work with top talent developer and project and individual. So if you would like to join us or work with us, please follow Twitter and Discord. Please join Discord and please check documents and feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Telegram. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, if you're looking for funding and support, Longhash Ventures is also here for you and would love to support more builders on ASTAR, Polkadot, and anybody building in a multi-chain paradigm as well. Awesome. All right. So let's wrap it up. Thank you so much again, Sota, uh, for Thank joining us. It's such an insightful conversation. Yeah, me too. And the, stay tuned for upcoming one or two months. It's going to be really huge. Right. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.